You're listening to The Noble and Roosh Show, brought to you by Ball Is Life and Dash Radio. Welcome to another episode of The Noble and Roosh Show, hosted by Ball Is Life. I am your host, Roosh Williams, with my co-host, Zach Noble. And today, we have one of my favorite substantive basketball minds out there, period, joining us. Uh, and he's got something new he, he would like to talk about. David, how are you doing? I'm great. Yeah, thank you. Well, of, of course, I'm always happy to uh, talk about True Hoop, where I work with you. You guys know, I know you know Henry Abbott. And um, uh, it's been an honor to know him for as long as I have. Uh, I got to ESPN like in 07. He got there right after me. And then when, uh, when he wanted to start True Hoop up again, but God, going on two years almost. In February, it'd be two years. I was really honored that he asked me to to join him and partner up. And so that's been great. But yeah, we're launching a, a new virtual app. You guys probably know I've been training NBA players for a long time and felt like uh, if I could find the right partners to create an app for me, I could bring up my training sessions virtually to students everywhere in the, around the world. So basically you train like a pro. It's at the pro, theprotrainingcenter.com to get information. And it's what I do with our pro athletes all off season. And uh, with my voice, with the, with the training drills on the app, on your phone, uh, it's got a cool AI component in your phone where it keeps track of your makes and misses, which is kind of a cool thing. But most importantly, it's just there's a lot of guys out there that are teaching tricks of the game. I try to teach the game and try to help them understand how to utilize, just like I do with my pro guys. It doesn't matter if you can make a shot if you don't know how to get it. How do you get it off? When do you get it? Where do you get it? So all of that is kind of factored into our curriculum, and um, we should be launching it very soon. I think when the season ends, we're, for the high schools, we're going we're gonna to let it go. So we're excited about that. What's it called, and where can people find it? Yeah, it's a pro training set, theprotrainingcenter.com. And uh, uh, you can click on it uh, on the, when you get to the website. We'll pretty soon be releasing stuff on YouTube, just some content things. You guys will like it. It's just me breaking down the game once a week. Uh, I've already done, I think, eight of them. We haven't published them yet, but every week we just have my, my voice, my face, talking about basketball plays uh, and uh, just teaching the game, developing you as a player. And, uh, and then I think once our app is up and running, sometime maybe January, February, we'll be, we'll be going. So I got to know, David, what's your favorite drill? The trampoline and then twirl baton and then uh, 360? Or what, what's your favorite drill on that? It's a great question, actually. Uh, yeah, I'm not a prop guy, for sure. Definitely I've not a, a clown drill guy. Yeah, I've had assistants <laughs> that like to do tennis ball stuff, and there's a place for that. But we're a ball and a basket and a court, and that's it. Uh, honestly, there's a million of them. I have a drill that we use almost every day called Muggsy. I actually got it from R.C. Buford when R.C. was the part-time assistant coach at Florida in 1993-94, their starting center. Played for me in high school, Dimitri Hill, called oh, the Meat yeah. Hook. And RC and I would work out Sunday mornings. I'd drive up to see my, I had a brother in med school there and a, a younger brother in undergrad. And, my, and RC and I would get on the court at 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning and we'd X and O stuff on the court. And he showed me this one drill. He's like, it's the only full court ball handling drill we really try to do. And it's basically imagining Bugsy Bogues is guarding you. And uh, I just like, I, I make my seven footers do it. You've got to be able to handle the ball in this game. I've been doing this a long time. Now everyone is kind of realizing it's good to have a, a Jokic or an Adebayo that can bring the ball up. Anthony Davis. It just gives you another component. So we, we do that, but it's a lot of stuff. A lot of 
dunking and skill work and you got to mix it all into you can't do it all you can't just do athletic workouts every day and wear these guys out you know very good look forward to seeing that come out we'll definitely help get the word out and definitely know guys around minnesota and my parts of town where they could use that for sure so let's get after these predictions huh yeah so speaking of um your face breaking down basketball the Eastern Conference is very uh, interesting this season. I think it's been, you know, kind of a long time in the making that the East has slowly been building up to rival the West. And I think we're we're another step closer. Um, So let's get into it. I mean, what are some things you see in the East? What are your predictions for how things shake out? You know, what is your overlook? Don't, don't say your predictions just yet now. Yeah. I, I, I thought about, Bruce, I thought about the the depth in the East compared to the West. Going, you know, going back a few months, I've been wondering about it, and I think I think the East is top heavier. I guess it depends on if you believe in the Nets, and I, I'm not I'm not a believer yet. Ooh, uh, a... um, I, I could be wrong. Why? Because, well, I I just feel like there's a lot riding on Durant first. I'm, I'm not. This is not unique, right? Um, and I don't trust Kyrie. So is Durant going to be, uh, what we all hope he is? And, and if he is, well, then the only other question is, can Kyrie be what he wasn't in Boston? Right. And if the answer is yes, and we'll know that if they can somehow get to even be a top four team in the East, which I'm not necessarily predicting, they're going to be fucking monsters. Can I cuss? No, fuck. Yeah. I thought so. Uh, they're going to be monsters in the postseason. Because if, if they can just finish top four, it means something. It means they figured some stuff out. They gelled a little bit. If they don't get to that top four and they're a seven or eight seed, I, I, I don't think they're as scary. Does that make sense? Durant scares you, yes. But Kyrie scares you, but not as a collective group. You said you don't trust Kyrie. What do you mean by that? I thought that the pandemic games this summer kind of showed us the value of culture and chemistry it, it magnified it, right? It magnified it. Uh, Henry wrote, God, I mean, he writes so many brilliant pieces, it's hard to pick one, but he, I picked the Lakers to win the championship in June. Same. As for soon my as AD went there. <laughs> well, but Henry did it for probably a better scientific reason than me. Henry's point was, not that Henry picked the Lakers to win, he knows that I did, but his argument was, uh, LeBron James has OCD. He defended that position in his article and said, this is the one time you want it. Because you're not going to have a guy skip out to go eat some wings in Atlanta, right? And some of the things that happened with the Clippers, he's going to organize and he's going to kind of micromanage all of that. Well, this year is going to be just as crazy, right? This year, we, right. We, we already have COVID protocols in place. I'm encouraged to hear that I think today it was an out. There's only been one positive in a bit of time in the whole NBA. I mean, it's been I maybe pray it's like, not hard. I pray. Yeah, right. I don't know who... Houston doesn't need that again. I don't know whose it was, actually, but it was 500-some-odd tests and one. So... 550, I think, 540. But still, there's going to be some issues, guys, right? And if you factor that in, you need cohesiveness. So a team like Miami, uh, uh, the Lakers, again, I actually think Vogel did a hell of a job, and LeBron and AD are so fucking good together. On the court, I think off the court... I think LeBron learned some things with Wade and how do you share the spotlight with someone that good? And Davis is better than Wade was when, they play, when he played with LeBron. And so that's valuable. And I just don't trust Kyrie. 
understands the we part of it as much as he needs to. He's allowed to grow up. He's allowed to change. I've heard good things from people in his world. And then he pulled the shit he pulled the other day. And I just felt like, come on, man, just play basketball. Stop creating drama when you're acting as if you want to stop creating drama. Love is the mind Just stop doing it. Yeah, I saw, uh, I think there was like an Instagram live between Durant and Kyrie. And just just the things Kyrie was saying, uh, you know, things like I have a mismatch every time I come down the court, whether or not that's true. It just kind of post ups. (laughs) It just kind of goes back to him thinking about him. Right. And right. So before the season, pretty much before the preseason, I had Brooklyn as kind of one of those teams like you that I don't fully trust. Uh, They're coming. They're relying heavily on two guys that have been injured with, you know, one with an Achilles and Kyrie's had multiple injuries, I think most recently with his knee. Yeah. Um, And then I just don't know defensively how they're going to hold up. Uh, Nash is a first-time coach. Nash and Dan Tony, I don't know how they're going to hold up defensively. However, when I saw them play yesterday or the day before, whenever that was, their first preseason game, I think that was yesterday, I immediately got very nervous about underestimating them because they're just so talented and deep, at least in terms of offense, in terms of creating from different angles. So I kind of backed off of, of underestimating them. And then when I, when I sat down before we did our show and kind of looked at the depth in the East, I again felt nervous about underestimating them because I do think some of these teams that were good last year lost some depth. But let's go ahead, Zach, if you're cool with this, I'm going to start with number eight, my pick at least, and then we'll kind of go around and see where, where we feel. I'm going to write yours down too, if that's okay. Yeah, and then go the ahead. Other, the other prerequisite, we all have a player that we think is going to improve the most from each team that we think is going to break out or go level up, whether it is that all-star having the best year. Okay. Right. Number eight, I have the Washington Wizards. Um, I think getting Westbrook in there, just the type of player he is. I mean, I'm a Houston Rocket fan, and I know what he is up front. I'm not the biggest fan of his game, but his sheer drive and determination, I think, will be enough with Bradley Beal and some of the offensive weapons that they have, like uh, Bertans. And, you know, Denny, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but Denny Avija. Denny Abdia. Uh, yeah, Abdia. So they have some potential weapons. I don't think they'll be very good. I think they'll have issues on defense, but I think that they'll be good enough to get a playing game and win it um, because Russell Westbrook is like that kind of player. He just leads a team to a solid, you know, six, seven, or eight seed. And that's what I'm expecting out of them. The player who I have highlighted for them, um, I'm going to say Rui. I'm going to say Rui puts it together and kind of, you know, has a decent sophomore season. Um, I think he's got the talent and, you know, who knows if he'll get the touches that he needs, but I'm going to go with Rui. All right, before you, Zach, before you give yours, I, I want to comment on something you said about the Wizards, but this is your podcast, not mine, but can, can I just make one suggestion? Oh, we love it. Yeah. So you, 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 if you followed me at all, and I've been doing this for a while now, you know I'm pretty much plain spoken. You don't have to play the, the, the tone it down with me. So just tell the truth. You said they're going to have some issues on defense. Right. They were dead last last year. No, they're going to be fucking terrible on defense unless some real <laughs> dramatic changes occur, all right? right. Uh, and, and it's possible that happens. Scott Brooks ran great defenses in Oklahoma City, for sure. Like, they really guarded. Uh, they're going to have to do some things to get that group to play defense. Beal was ranked as the last worst defensive player in the league, I think, for his position last season. We know that's fool's gold, right? We know he's better than that. He, right. What was he going to do? They were terrible. What was he going to do? Kill himself for that team? This year, I, I think he'll be better. 
Let me ask you, do you think he can be a really good defensive player? Do you do. think he was back in 1718? I do. I do. I absolutely. Abs- He's going to go as the team decides to go as well. Absolutely can be a good defensive player. And I love Denny Avdia. Mm, Might too. be my pick for rookie of the year. I, I don't even remember who I wrote weeks he started ago. A, he started 100% from the field his first game. Yeah, I know. And for three for three from three, and that was his weakness. I thought he should have gone number two or three overall, to be honest with you. I love watched it. him play all year last year. Yep. I love I the love kid. Love him. Great job. The Wizards won the draft. I, I said that on Ooh. draft night. What's his ceiling? All-star. Okay. Yeah, Hell like, yeah. Love like, it, dude. A, like a better Hito Turkoglu when Hito was that leading the NBA in fourth quarter scoring. I love Hito Turkoglu. That's incredible. Wait, and, he, and I, and I, I coached he was an all-star. when he was 14. He's better than Hito. He's better. He's a way better defensive player. Okay. He's super athletic, guys. He's super fast. Yeah. I, I almost understand the way that Wall's gone because with Wall's ability to push and pass, Denny can really race. He can play multiple positions. I, I think that uh, he's not going to be their problem this year. I'm glad you mentioned Hachimura. He played bully ball against Durant the other night. Yeah. That surprised me. So I've been down on Rui, but, but I know what he's got. He's got upside. Uh, if he can play much better this year, then, then I don't have him at eight, but I would maybe put him at number eight if I believed in him, and I don't right now. But, I mean, it's possible. For sure it's possible. So who is your number eight? So I went with the Hawks. And, and by the way, I've only – just to be clear, I wrote an article about this. I went through every team's schedule, all 37 or 38 games. Every team plays 37 or 38. So I only have done it through 37-38. I'm not predicting anything beyond that. First of all, they could be a trade tomorrow. So I only have it through basically the, their, their first, I think, for the, the break is when they did it. This will be and for, Zach, for clarity, I did not look at the schedules, and that, no. probably, played, that probably plays into it. I, I think, didn't go through each single schedule. I think but... looking at schedules is overrated, to be honest. I really do. <laughs> oh, thanks. I spent like two hours doing it. <laughs> Yes, of course, it's all guessing, right? We have no idea who's going to be on the team tomorrow. It, yeah. it helps when you're doing a short record like you did. I mean, that's, you have to when you're putting records in place for a short stint. Yeah. But, no, for the overall season, the teams are the teams. I mean, they're going to. Oh, oh for, for sure. And this is a little bit different, too, because of just the way they're playing, like the home and home, I mean, back-to-back home games somewhere. I looked at all that kind of stuff. And then the tighter schedule, too. So, Who's your My head? number eight for now, Hawks. and it, it could be right there, you know, when we get down to the, when it gets down to whatever it is, May. I have the Hawks at number eight. Love it. Absolutely love and it. So who's your I, guy? You know, I mean, you got you to look at two guys. This could be breakout, but uh, I'm hoping it's Cam Reddish. I'm, yeah. not, pre- I'm not great at predicting that kind of stuff. Uh, no, I, I love Cam. But I think I, I watched him. I, I broke his game down a little bit. He's got a shot. You know, and, and they're going to have opportunities for him to do it. And he won't have to carry the team like Trey had to do. He's got better players than him in front of him. So it, this should be a good year from the breakout, right? Very good. So my number eight, I'm with Roosh. I mean, our first predictions together were gelling. Um, I got the Washington Wizards. Um, Rui's my guy as well. I just think they're going to be a top seven offense again. I think their defense can only improve. I mean, they're going to be more motivated. I think Rui... There's a couple of guys I do believe in to be positive defensively, and that's Beal, that's Rui. I think Thomas Bryant can get there, Troy Brown. I think they got enough guys that can be average when they're working <laughs> harder and when they're winning a couple of games. And I think they're a team that's just 
off pure effort and will are going to win. Start getting an early start, a great start early. Take advantage of all these teams trying to gel and get to know each other. But Russ is a guy that just, he'll start you off running. I mean, that's just the way he is. And yeah, I think they're going to probably have a streak in the middle or towards the end where they're struggling and might fall out of the picture late. But I think they're going to be a top team pretty early in the East um, for a while. And everybody's going to be really high on them pretty quickly, but then it's going to teeter. But Rui, I think he's going to make a big jump. I believe in him big time. Hey, and to, to that point also, um, David, you were talking about how important culture and those types of things will be. Scott Brooks reuniting with Russell Westbrook and Westbrook's coming from a place uh, where he was not happy with the culture in Houston. Yeah. If you've been seeing all those leaks, yeah. I think a good amount of them are coming from Westbrook and his camp, but that's, <laughs> that's beside the point. But um, so I think that they're going to make, <laughs> I think they're going to make a concerted effort to really get on the same page. I think Scott Brooks will kind of, you know, concede to Russell Westbrook in that respect because they have that relationship. And I think Beal is going to be invested in, you know, a, a future with West, with Westbrook and success. So I think they'll gel in that regard which might help them out as well. Um, Last so question s- on the Wizards, David. Who do you believe in that can be positive defensively outside of Bradley Beal? Well, I agree with you on Brown. I agree with you on uh, Hachimura. I do not agree with you on Bryant. That's right. Yet. Yet. Okay. I-, I really like him. He-, he reminds me, most Bates is from here. Most Bates is high school coach, played for me in high school. And I think Bryant's like Mo, just fucking a walking bucket. Throws the ball in, yeah, but nowhere n- near ready to, to guard anybody yet. Uh, and I also think Abdia can guard. It, there's going to be a process because he's a rookie, and they're going to attack him and everything else, and he's probably going to foul. But it, to, to understand wh- what league he was just in, all right, not just the Euro League, which is obvious. The Euro League teams are beating Duke by 50 points. Right? They're beating Kentucky by 50 points. These are not competitive games. But even in the Israeli league, the top teams there, the best Americans on those teams are from the, our best colleges and may, very often former NBA players. In fact, James Young just signed, I think today. Jay, remember James Young from the Celtics? Yep. He played in the Israeli league last year. Right. For not, not one of the best teams. But this, these are really, really good leagues. And so in Israel, Denny's used to that. So the adjustment won't be nearly as much as what it would be for a college kid. He should, and, and quite frankly, the tactics, the tactics used in the EuroLeague far exceed what you mostly see in the NBA because the talent level is not quite as good in terms of primary ball handlers and, and shot creators. So they have to rely on tactics more. And so he's used to guarding harder con- conceptual things. Now the adjustment is just guarding the more individual talent. That's an easier adjustment, quite frankly, because it's on the ball versus off the ball. So um, I just think it's going to take a year. And I'm high on the Wizards as a franchise. I just, and they're ninth. I think on my list I have it ranked ninth. Um, I'm, I'm curious as to who you guys – I'm guessing you don't have the Pacers in the top eight. Well, we'll I have find it. out. We'll find out. Number seven, Roosh, who you got? Okay. All right, all right. Uh, number seven, I actually have the Hawks at number seven. Right. I initially had the Hawks at number nine. I switched them out for a different team. But I just think, look, they were bottom, I think bottom five in both offense and defense last season. It's hard to turn those kinds of things around immediately. I think hiring Nate McMillan uh, is a good look for that specifically. I think Clint Capella is going to help defensively. It's kind of a plug in the back. He's not a He's not a catch-all, kind of save-all, but he's going to give them some rim protection and just some length to cover ground. 
And I think that, you know, with the mix of veterans and new talent that they have, you know, Trey Young's going to keep getting better. With Clint Capella now, he has a pick-and-roll threat uh, and a pick-and-roll partner, which should bode well. You, you got veteran leadership with Gallinari and scoring. You got Rondo. Um, so I just think that they have an, an amalgamation of talent, both young and old, that it should be enough to win just enough games to maybe squeeze them into a play-in game and, and to get that. I think that the players I'd be looking out for are going to be uh, DeAndre Hunter because I think they're going to have to rely on him. Like, I just think he's the guy by necessity, by function. And then other guys I'd look out for would be Chris Dunn, not necessarily to have like some kind of all-star, not close to that, but some kind of impact on that level. But just, just by way of his defense and the fact that he's going to be one of the guys that spells Trey Young. So he's going to be important. And I think he'll step it up at least enough. And then a dark horse, not even a dark, not even a dark horse, just another name. Capella, like I said. Just name uh, the whole goddamn team, just, would you? Uh, you, you, named four, <laughs> you named four wizards. Give me a break. So, no, I, I, but I said my one guy. Defensive purposes. My guy is DeAndre Hunter, but they have, you know, they have a collection of talent that should step up kind of intermittently. So we'll see. David. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get a chance to really talk with the Hawks, but everything you said is why I had them at the eighth spot. And I think they'll get better. I think I like to look at a team's elasticity. And I think they're not going to start nearly as good as they're going to finish. Uh, Bogdanovich is another guy, too, that we've, I think we can see he's better than what people realize, I think. And so that's going to be positive. My number seven, I'm guessing, I'm, I'm quite certain you guys don't have this team in your top eight because of how these teams lay out. I still think the Pacers are going to make it. And uh, I feel like they, I don't even remember the coach's name, but they hired a good coach. Nate Bjorken. Yes, Bjorken. I like the, a different flavor. To what they've done, I also like, in terms of elasticity purposes, they've got some people they can trade, and they're not going to trade for the future. Like, Oladipo can be moved for a good player now if things aren't working out great, as can uh, Miles Turner. And so I I like the culture there. Uh, They know who they are. Their identity is clear. I think they'll actually improve some with their coach. It's going to be tough to finish top eight because – the Wizards are going to be good. The Hawks are there. I think, I think it's really a nine-team grouping. But, uh, but I do think the Pacers still can get in there. And then uh, Big Goga uh, is key for Love them. Love it. I've, I've like read really good things. Day. We haven't seen him yet. But yeah. I've read that he showed up in great shape. And uh, he's got talent. And they're going to need him to play. So Goga's a guy I was really high on last year. I think I had him at like 17, 18, looking – wrong after year one but hopefully he gets that pt and i can look a little more right um coming out because i think he's got a lot of all-around game and could be a good two-way player i mean i kind of see like a maxi cleaver type ceiling yeah um but i mean a little different game but uh yeah with the amount of talent they have and top end talent like they literally have i don't know four or five guys that could be top 40 players i mean they, they got so much Top end depth in, in Indiana. They're such a tough team. But for me, I just think with the dysfunction of Miles Turner and Victor Oladipo in a small market, they're a big question mark for me. They're a team that if they click, they can become a top three seed, or else if they don't, they could fall out of the playoffs. So I'm not going to say where I got them just yet. But uh, my number seven, me and Roosh are two for two. Um, I got the Atlanta Hawks as well. I'm as big of John Collins guy as they get. Love John Collins. Um, I just, I'm really concerned with what they're going to do with the minutes and these young guys' development. But I think 
they're as deep as a team gets outside of the Brooklyn Nets, in my estimation. Uh, I'm not saying top-end talent they're not deep, but, like, overall team depth. I absolutely love the Atlanta Hawks team depth. I think they're a really similar situation to Washington, you know, where they're just a really good offensive team. I mean, they didn't necessarily prove it last year by the numbers. Um, they are all over the place. But I think that's what they will be. In order for them to make the playoffs, they got to be like a top 10 offense, okay? I mean, we did a whole pot on the Hawks, so I'm not going to get too far into it. Uh, but in order to make it on the defensive side, they got to at least finish in the top 20. I don't know if these young guys are going to get there um, at this point in time, but I believe in their depth. I believe in Chris Dunn, Rondo, you name it. I mean, I think they're going to have enough to get them further. So the biggest concern is the minutes. My guy, I'm agreeing with you, David, it's Cam Reddish. I do think DeAndre Hunter might develop the most as an overall player. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but just from a statistical jump, uh, Cam Reddish is going to be that guy. I'll be shocked if he's not. I had them both written down. It's going to be one or the other. And I still think Trey Young can get so much better, especially on the defensive end, obviously. If he, if he were to buy in defensively, it would have an enormous impact on their team. And that's another reason I have them at seven. And I talked about this extensively on the Hawks pod on the Hawks podcast. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that Trey Young, I think he's limited. He's inherently limited defensively. And I think that's always going to chase him, especially uh, in a league where perimeter play is, is so important. But yeah. I don't have the Pacers in the top eight um, pretty much for the same reasons as Zach. I think there's, you know, the dysfunction with Oladipo and Miles Turner. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Oladipo and Miles Turner. Not dysfunction, but... Yeah. When your name is constantly in trade rumors, it just contributes to that. And I think there is some substance to Oladipo not wanting to be there. Um, and just quite frankly, they're not that deep. I don't think they have enough depth. I, I think that their, their run of being that like gritty, scrappy four, five, six seed is kind of over. And I think a lot of that was embodied uh, in terms of identity with Nate McMillan. So we'll see. I don't, I don't think you're wrong with that. The, the one caveat I have is I don't want them to lose that. They've, they've been the best on-ball defensive team for a couple of years, they fight you on the ball. Mm -hmm. And th I, I believe Nate is a big part of that. But you don't just suddenly forget that as a player. Most of those guys are back. And they'd be, they'd be wrong as coaching staff to not continue to try to develop that. It really served them well. I mean, they made it as far as they did last year, and they had dysfunction all of right. last year. I mean, most players, just like Houston, I think they can survive if James Harden is – all bought in, I mean, bought into focusing on one game at a time. You know, they can make it game by game just because there's so many players in history. I mean, they go to work, they do their job, and they feel uncomfortable. But They can always make trades, too. Yeah, and exactly. I think they'll do Oladipo or Turner. One of them probably won't be on the team the whole year. Very good. David, who you got at six? <sighs> You're, you guys are going to rank them higher than me. I've got the Brooklyn Nets at number six. Okay. But with a bullet. With a bullet. I, 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 as I sat down to do the schedule, I, I did not think I'd have Brooklyn at number six. I thought it happened at seven or eight. And when I just did the wins and losses, I was telling Henry this. I was excited to see who ended up where. I knew, didn't know. And I had, didn't have a preconceived uh, assurance that I was going to pick anyone anywhere. I just wanted to see who's going to win and lose games. I think that um, they'll get better as the season goes on and Kyrie and Durant figure out that flow, and KD has just got to come back from being out, you know, 18 months or so. Um, and, I, and I'm worried about KD, to be honest with you guys. I'm worried uh, that, that, that he's going to get hurt again, not the same injury necessarily. It's, it's, a, it's a worrying thing if you care about the talent of someone and how he's built, but they have, they have a lot of good players. 
Uh, I think that Nash will take some time also uh, to get a feel for things. Uh, we just read Tim McMahon's article about James Harden and the Rockets and, and how they, they played into him. Uh, Nash has got to find his voice. D'Antoni couldn't find it in Houston with all of his experience as a head coach. Why are we going to assume Nash is going to find it day one? I do think he'll get them to trust him to some degree, but it's easy to trust Steve Nash before the games actually start. So I just think there's going to be a, a figuring out process. And, and, and as the year goes on, I think they'll get better. I think they might be down far enough where they can't necessarily go up to four or five or three. But if they do, then they're really scary come playoff time. Uh, and then I, I like, uh, is it Cabarro? Yeah. I like him a lot. Timothy I, I like, Luau? Yeah. You think he's going to make an impact. I love it. I like him. I like how he moves without the ball on that team. Because if you're a primary ball handler team, well, then forget about it. There's a sleeper. There's the biggest sleeper we've got yet. So I liked him last year when I watched him. Like, ooh, I never, I never heard him before, really. I, I liked how he moves out the ball. I like that he scores in different ways on a team that's so focused on who's got the ball. Levert, Spencer, and then, of course, Kyrie and KD. This is a guy, like TJ Warren made a living on this early in his career play without the ball, find open space, and the defense is all focused on the primary scores, you can make your hay a little bit. And so I, I think that – I think it would be good for them. And I also think Nash is really going to pound home the idea that the more we throw it to open guys, the better off our primary scores will be because the defense is going to have to adjust. Fun fact off TLC, 18-19 shot a career high of 33%. Last year he shot thirty nine percent. I looked that up. He's yeah. a he's a sharpshooter. There's, there's getting a better. I mean, he can, yeah, he can take another leap next year. If I'm not mistaken, I think he used to be in Philadelphia. Yep. I remember he he was a guy that I was hoping the Rockets could pick up as like an under the radar kind of cheap wing signing when they needed you know when they were desperate for wing depth with the yeah. uh, hard Harden and PLC? Chris Paul duo. Yeah, and regarding the Nets, um, I think I think what you said about. David, I think what you said about Steve Nash is very valid. And I think we kind of saw that as well. Uh, recently, I forget exactly what Steve Nash said, but he was just kind of giving Kyrie his space and kind of letting him do his thing. And maybe that's the right call. Like, we'll see how all of that plays out. But you can just tell that there's going to be – his work is cut out for him in that yeah. respect in, in terms of managing <laughs> ego. So we're going to see, you know, what he's made of. And, and as a Rockets fan, I can attest to the fact that, you know, Mike D'Antoni and the idea of holding his star players accountable – isn't really a thing. So we'll see how that plays out. I have for the sixth seed, and this is kind of my surprise pick, except in reverse in terms of like a team that you guys probably have way higher. Um, I have the Raptors. I have Toronto. Mm. And the reason for that, I, I originally, I was with David before pretty much yesterday. I, I, was, I was asking myself, is Brooklyn really better than these other five teams? And then I kind of sat down. I think losing Gasol and Serge Ibaka is huge. Um, they were they were enormous in my opinion defensively just in terms of their IQ, um, their veteran leadership, Serge Ibaka's athleticism and length, and Marcus Gasol's size. I think that Aaron Baines is you know he's a he's a great value Marcus Gasol so to speak. I think he'll he'll work well. I just don't think he'll be the same. I don't know playmaker in the front court to replace both of those guys uh, and <clears throat> and defensively replacing what Serge Ibaka brings to the table. And then in addition to that. I don't really think they're that deep. Um, looking at their depth chart, I mean, I think they kind of go, you know, in terms of the playoffs, in terms of bona fide playoff guys, I think they might go eight deep and not in like a miraculous or spectacular way by my estimation. I have their breakout person being OG Ananobi. 
I think he's due. I think he's extremely talented and he's due to kind of take that next step. And this is his chance to do so. And I will say I picked them sixth with the caveat that if OG Ananobi can kind of take a very big leap, kind of similar to how Siakam did and, and became the all-star that he is, then maybe they could be higher. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Zach, what do you think? I'm okay with you having them at six. Um, I do think their depth is the thing in question, but I do think their depth could prove once again that they can develop the shit out of anybody and everybody. And Nick Nurse, as I think, is the best coach in the NBA. I will never doubt Nick Nurse. Therefore, I have him a bit higher than you. Uh, But Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher are literally going to be what decides this team in my estimation. I mean, it's going to come. Maybe DeAndre uh, Bembry. He, no, he's gonna, he is what he is. Bembry is what he is. He's going to be a valuable ninth, tenth man for him, and I like that pickup for him. Um, one guy that's going to be even more valuable than him is Malachi Flynn. I think he's going to make a pretty immediate impact. I just think he's polished. He's going to do what they need off the bench. going to be the perfect Fred Van Vliet uh, backup. Uh, so I just think Baines is going to play that Marcus Gasol role to a T. If he can be the Baines that was in Phoenix last year, he took a massive jump. Uh, Serge Ibaka, to your point, Roosh, I think he's going to be the biggest miss. Um, I think just his charisma, his energy more so than his game, I think they can make up for his game. But I just think, I mean, that team went as his energy went a lot of the time. But he did bring a lot of statistical presence to this team as well. So it will be interesting to see where that kind of comes into play. But I, like I said, Nick Nurse, I'll never doubt him. But anyways, my six, I got the Philadelphia 76ers here. Uh, I love the way they're set up, but I truly think they're going to – Rest Embiid, they're going to rest Simmons from time to time. Um, they're going to just try to make these guys as happy as possible. And uh, their depth is in question to me. Uh, Doc Rivers, I mean, I don't know if he's the guy for this team, but I think I like him there. I definitely like him there. I don't know how much better he's going to be than Brett Brown. They did need a fresh face, so I like getting rid of Brett Brown. But I'm not sold on Doc 100%. Uh, because there are guys that need to be developed on this team, and I'm not a believer that Doc's the best developmental coach. But Philly, I think they're a playoff team. They're made to make the conference finals, a deep second-round run. I truly don't think, to David's point earlier, I highly disagree that you don't need to be a one-through-five seed to make it very far in the playoffs. With no fans, there's literally no home court advantage in my estimation. And I don't think there's going to be fans all year. I really don't. Um, so if you're a great team, if you can play great at certain points throughout the year and just kind of peak towards the end of the season, I don't think it really matters what seeds you are if you're Brooklyn, Philly, um, or any of these other really talented teams. It's just going to matter on your health, um, your COVID protocols, and uh, how well you're gelling. But uh, my guy for Philly that's going to be peaking, I think Ben Simmons is going to have a career year. Uh, I think just with the spacing, I think Ben Simmons is going to pull some rabbits out of a hat or something. And I'm not saying he's going to have a jumper by any means. I just think he's going to do some great things and the spacing's going to help. I don't know what those things are exactly. Um, I just think if he's going to be the player that a lot of people think he can be, that all-time guy, that top 10 player, it, this, this year or never. I mean, this team's picture perfect for him, finally, I think. Um, but we'll see. I mean, 
he's my pick. I don't think anybody else can really take a leap besides Tybal on that team. Oh, I have another idea, but we'll get to that. All right. Number five, who you got? So I went with the Celtics. Uh, and, and I, again, I don't have my, my total schedule picked out but, uh, in front of me, but um, it's pretty tight after uh, number one and like two, three, four, five, even uh, six or within a couple games of each other. Uh, I think that Kemba's early season injury is going to take a toll on their record. Uh, I, I'm not sure they have the – I know Jeff T played really well in the first preseason game. I'm not convinced that's going to be – I thought Wanamaker was really steady for them last year. If T can play like that, that's good. That's good for them. And I do think that by season's end, they can be dangerous. I wasn't, I'm not picking who, you know, what are the odds of winning a championship? I'm just doing regular season. I, right. I'm a huge fan of Tatum and Brown. And in fact, when I think about who could break out for them, and, I'm, and I know Brad Stevens, he was, you know, 21 years old. I'm a big fan of Brad. I think he's great. Uh, I think their culture is good. I really like their two best players in Tatum and Brown as men, as young men who, uh, who, sh- who they showed that they were no fluke even when Kyrie left for good. They were right there when he was injured a couple of years ago when they were children almost, and they, they showed last year what they can do when he wasn't even there at all. Uh, and I, I think Brown can get a lot better. I don't know how much better. I mean, Tatum is already phenomenal. In one year, he exploded yeah. with his mid-range game and his ball handling. I, there's not that many more leaps to take before you're the best player in the world than I'm not predicting that for him, but Brown can okay. still get better, be more assertive, shoot a little better. Uh, and then it's funny. I don't know that you'll be able to call this a breakout from a statistics standpoint, but watch Grant Williams play. Oh, he's, and he's got – he, you remember Chuck Hayes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, right. Yeah, of course. Of course you remember Chuck Hayes, Bruce. So <laughs> Bad Hayes. So Grant I, – I don't even know if I saw this when I watched him play last year in the draft. But when I watched him on tape the last couple of days, like, yeah, he's got some P.J. Tucker, Chuck Hayes. They played him in game – I saw him in the preseason out of the pinch post. He had three assists his first game. Make, had a nice little drive corner kick. Um, he's a, his ass is huge. He's going to set great screens for those three scores. His first team all ass, Grant Williams. Yeah, <laughs> for that, no doubt, just like Chuck. It's the Chuck Hayes ass award. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> right, he had the best ass. So, um, I think – right, I think that um, – I think that he's going to be on, as on a metric scale, he can make a big, he can make a big leap, a big big leap in terms of impact in wins, and they need him to. Uh, and maybe their big their big kid is it Robert Williams? Um, I'm be nice, be nice for him to to do something well. I, I actually like their starting center. I like I like uh, uh, Tice the shooter and, and rim protector a little bit. They're good. That's why I have number five. Like they're going to be good. Uh, I I if Kemba was healthy. I would have them top four, but it's a big, it's a big mystery. Is even when he comes back, what he's going to look like, you know? Do you think if Kemba's 100% that they have what it takes to win a championship? Because I still think they're a piece away. And I, believe, I believe Brown is going to become a top 20 player-ish. I think he's going to be that good eventually here soon. Like well, this. that gives them two then. Yeah. Well, Tatum's number top- 10 in the league in my estimation. Yeah, that gives them two top 20 guys. So – I'm a huge fan of Brown. I, 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 again, I, I, lo- I love his team. I think that they're missing their third best player and, and a leader. And Kemba's a leader in all the ways Kyrie wasn't. Mm. Just a pleasant person to be around. It's fun to be on the Celtics when Kemba Walker's your point guard. It's not as fun when Kyrie Irving's your point guard. Brooklyn's going to find that out, I suspect, this year. 
So, um, yeah, I think they win a championship. I wouldn't favor them, and, it, and luck needs to happen. But the Raptors got lucky a couple years ago. You know, luck, luck is part of the deal. So they need to get lucky. Um, but uh, overall, I think they'll be fighting for that fourth spot come uh, May. At number five, I have Philadelphia. Um, I think that they have a good team. I think Doc is a fresh face. They need that. Tactically, I don't know how much that helps, but I think he will get their respect, which I'm not sure Brett Brown ultimately had. Um, I am making these predictions assuming health, or at least assuming where people are today and assuming, you know, the best. So if Embiid gets hurt and stays hurt, then they could have some issues. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that his pattern will continue of kind of missing some games here and there which will ultimately affect them. But, I mean, they got Danny Green, which they've needed a presence like that on the wing for a long time. I think getting Horford out of there will get more out of guys like um, Tobias Harris. I think Shake Milton was a good piece for them, good shooting. They finally have some actually reliable shooting, right? Shake Milton, I think, shot 43% last season. Danny Green is Danny Green. Seth Curry is shooting 44%, like four years in a row or something crazy like that. So I think they're going to hurt defensively in terms of, Seth Curry individually, but overall with Ben Simmons now adding Danny Green, even though he still had some issues last season, I just think he's one of those, you know, championship caliber, stereotypical veteran role players that every title team would love to have. So I think he's really going to help them a lot. Um, you know, they have Ty- Thibel, Thibel, I don't know how to pronounce that, um, off the bench. And then I think Dwight Howard will actually be a good backup center for Embiid. Um, I think he's going to spell Embiid well. And in, in any circumstance where Embiid's not there, I think that. Dwight Howard will plug in and do decently well. Um, I also think having Maury run things, I, I, I think their organization found some harmony, at least from a distance. That's what it looks like. They have some, you know, organizational harmony with Maury, Doc, um, obviously Elton Brand's in the mix. They just look kind of like on the same page and like they have a unified goal. So I think culture-wise, that's going to go a long way. Now, this could all change if they legitimately enter the James Harden sweepstakes by dangling Ben Simmons and some of their assets. So We'll see what happens with that. But my I hope they don't do that. Well, I want it bad. I want to know why right after <laughs> I finish. So my breakout guy, I don't even know if it's breakout. I just think he's going to be really important for them is Seth Curry. He's going to be starting. Um, you know, he started, I think, 25 or so games for the Mavericks. And I think he started around the same amount of games for the Mavericks when he played for them a few years ago. Had the same type of numbers, you know, 12, 13 points a game, shooting around 44% from three. So... I think he's going to be... Where can Seth get better in your estimation? Because I don't think he can get much better than he that, is. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. It's not that he's going to have an individually like. I'm not talking statistics because you can get better as a player without your stats going up like Grant Williams. I'm just saying that what he brings to the table is going to plug in beautifully to what they do. And it's going to like sure. shine. You know, you're going to see those back-breaking threes coming from Steph, uh, Seth Curry you know, from a team that we haven't seen that kind of play from. So in that respect. But David, why do you hope that they don't trade for James Harden? Because they've got a guy still ascending as a player. And it's just long-term, it's, the, it's just a better play. To, to be so short-sighted, I think, is a gigantic mistake a franchise can make. It, it's not like the Clippers didn't trade a Ben Simmons for uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, but that, that's, what the, that's what you're asking the Sixers to do, except that they're getting a much older Kawhi Leonard than James Harden, who comes with all sorts of issues we already know about. And so to me, I, I, if, if you end up not moving Simmons, or I mean, that, not keeping Simmons in Embiid, there's a better player you can get than James Harden over the course of three or four years. I just want to ask, what if 
they make that trade with, you know, a wink, wink under the table deal between Maury and Harden that he will sign an extension. Ah, fuck He's got no. three years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, no. An emphatic fuck no. All right. Fuck no. <laughs> I, I no. like that you're, you're fully committed to your stance here. And that's why I'm, I'm curious. So two questions that are very important. I mean, how good do you think Ben Simmons can get? And then two, how much of James Harden's career do you think he has left? Because James Harden's a top 25 player all time. And that's, that's believing Ben Simmons is going to sniff that. No, no, it's not because you're talking about past. We're talking about going forward. Is Harding going to be a top 25 player ever going forward? I don't know. I would argue, I would argue not because uh, did you guys read Tim McMahon's article? I mean, yeah, that's he's been who doing he, that for. Right. And, <laughs> and he's failed out. He's flamed out late in seasons. And I'm not even blaming him. I've never blamed him. I blame him for his behaviors. I've not blamed him for his flame outs late in the season. He's exhausted. Okay. He's been exhausted, in my opinion. Uh, he can really guard when he wants to. He led the league in deflections <laughs> a season ago. Not last season, the season before. Uh, we know what he can do. He just chooses not to do it for different reasons. Uh, I don't know Ben Simmons. Is he super locked in? Will he work hard every day? I know this. He's going to be a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year every year. I agree. For the next five or six. I think he wins this year. He's going to be a candidate to lead the league in assists if he wants to. He can score 25 a game if he wanted to. Uh, I'm going to get to my sixes in a minute because they're coming up in, in my rankings, but uh, Harden has to pay a tax for how he's been. And that tax is you're not just going to go to any team you want to go to. Right? There's going to have to be – we'd have to squeeze a, a square peg in a round hole, so to speak. And, by the way, his, his roundness is more than it needs to be right now. Uh, I'm just not I'm, not – I'm not taking that kind of gamble with him. Uh, it's, it's too much. For Ben Simmons, I'll trade Matisse Tabule and – Tobias Harris and a future first, whatever, but I ain't trading Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid for him. So you Play think the, James Harden's going to decline starting this year then? Like right likely. Now. I mean, historically speaking, hell yeah. He's only 31. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, look it up 11. for shooting guards. Look up for shooting guards. And, and Mike D'Antoni really runs great stuff for that position. And he ain't Except there anymore. come playoff time. He doesn't so, know how to run anything. unfortunately that's the truth to play devil's advocate david i'll say this um i do think harden's game is not exclusively but very heavily skill-based right his athleticism comes in the form of like his strength his core strength and his short bursts and his quickness so i think it could translate well i mean harden's the kind of guy that i could see averaging 25 for another three years at least if not four and his work ethic the, the issues with his work ethic aren't him individually. It's how it plays out for the team. But he keeps himself in shape generally. We'll see. Yeah, he does. We'll he see what that photograph. He came back slimmer, except the, the Twitter and Instagram Photoshop game is sick. Yeah, he, I mean, I've been watching a lot of the Rockets That's press disgusting. stuff. And disgusting. And he looks, he looks jacked. I mean, so I don't know if that picture that was floating around is accurate. And then a lot of sex say, does for you, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they said he was uh, training in uh, – or he said he was training in Vegas and Atlanta, and I think he might have meant that in a different way. But, and I will say that my worry about Ben Simmons is that I don't, you know, I don't put all my stock into base st- statistics, but his base statistics have pretty much been identical for three years in a row, and that concerns me. I don't, I don't know if I see growth. His biggest asset is what you mentioned, that you know, defensively he could be uh, an all-defensive player year in yeah. and year out. And that's, his, that's, you know, huge value, but he needs to expand offensively. Otherwise we could be having a conversation, I think three, four down, three, four years down the line where, you know, Ben Simmons didn't grow and things of that nature. But Zach, number five. 
My number five. This was tough for me. Uh, one through six are all contenders. And then the tier down, I mean, there's like seven through 12 um, is a whole nother tier. But Boston always, always overperforms in my estimation. But that Kemba Walker stuff, it really messes with my head. I'm a big Kemba guy. I always have been. Um, Gordon Hayward's a talent piece. I mean, he's a piece of talent. Do I think Tristan Thompson's going to come motivated? Yes. But do I think he's the answer to everything? Do I believe in Grant Williams? David, I was as high on Grant Williams as anybody. I, he's another guy who could be way wrong. I think I had him at like 13, 14 on my board. He got drafted 22. But I think he's going to be a valuable player from years to come. I think he's breaking out this year too, um, just as a defensive asset, yeah. kind of like, Dybul was last year uh but Boston's my number five um I did have Grant Williams down but I'm not going with him in the biggest jump being Kemba's out I think Marcus Smart I mean is gonna take embrace this role of being the lead guard um and I think he's gonna develop as a playmaker I think he's gonna develop as just a smart decision maker and have an all-around game that just ascends them to another level. I believe Marcus Smart is ready. Kind of gradually every year, just little tweaks. Um, usually it's been in the shooting, but um, I just think it's going to come in a form of playmaking and passing this year. And winning. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. they, they, he's, a, he's Kyle Lowry-ish, and just he finds ways to help his team win. There's, there's a value to that, right? We're, we're in a competitive sport. You're trying to win games. It doesn't matter if it shows up in his box score, as long as it shows up in the team's win column, you know? So do you think Jalen Brown's going to be an all-star this year? I've not, I've not looked up all the numbers, but yeah. I mean, he's, he's got a real shot for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big believer in him. Very good. Now, how about number five for you? So I, I did four. five, right? So four, we're, yeah. we're at number four. We're going to go first on four. Yep. Yep. We've already, we've already talked about the Sixers. So they're number four for me. The only thing I'll add to what all the things you guys have said is uh, it's not, it's not the fresh face for Doc. It's the fresh voice, right? Uh, uh, he does, I think, uh, Roosh said it, he does carry some credibility. He, these guys all remember uh, they were young when, when he won a title. They were first starting to play basketball and then, uh, uh, and then went to the finals again. Uh, he's very charismatic. And Brett Brown is too, but not after all those losses and all those years. Right. And so I do think they'll respond to Doc and, and Daryl. Uh, Daryl... Daryl's a transaction-based executive, and he's a friend of mine. He's a, trans- he's a transaction-based executive that, to my, to my experience, players respect. Uh, he's very, I think he's very um, uh, sweet to those guys. He, he tells it like it is. He lets the oh, data yes. speak for itself. He's not a jerk. He can be a jerk to executives because he's trying to do a deal. But I think players respect his deal-making, and uh, I, I think that, there's going to be a better culture than there has been for them. And then, of course, Matisse Tabule, we all think, could be the guy, the most obvious guy, maybe Shake Milton. I like them both. But uh, when I was looking at MVPs, I wrote, I wrote two weeks ago, I thought uh, maybe last week I had Luke as my MVP, at least for the first 37 games, because I have Dallas doing pretty well. Um, but I really gave Embiid some thought. Uh, it's always those games played, though. It is. Yeah, for sure. And numbers-wise, he'll be there. I think. And they added those added shooters. I think give Ben more space and more confidence to do some things. Uh, and I think Doc will get on his ass a little bit, which is probably a good thing. And I think that'll help Joel also 
Uh, I, you, this is the year to me where if MB doesn't make that jump into, dude, you're, you're, the, you're the best center in the world and you're playing like it, he ain't going to do it. Like, if he doesn't wake up now, he can't, he can't blame his old coach. He can't blame lack of shooting when Danny Green's coming off the bench, okay? And you got a Curry on your team. I know it's not Steph, but that fucker can shoot. Uh, <laughs> Steph can shoot. Uh, no, they, they have, Joel has no excuses. Like, be first-team all-league defensive center. He is. Uh, uh, well, and earn it again. He should, right? Uh, he and Ben Simmons. So when you think about a, a construct of a team, the guy at the point of your defense, the guy in the back, if they, if they are both elite-level defenders, and I know that Ben doesn't always guard point guards. I get that. But you've got elite perimeter, elite paint, develop, uh, coach, uh, uh, paint defense. Like, you should be a top-five defensive team. And Doc will definitely stress it. And uh, I think they'll run some different stuff on both sides, which will be good, just different and fresh. And, uh, and I think MB is going to realize, I got to quit fucking around because he's been fucking around, in my opinion. He's it's, got a little hard into him. He's, he's got a little he's, hard into him. He, well, yeah, he's just been goofier than I want him to be. It's time to win some games, Joel. And if he applies himself, and Ben, too, does the same. Yeah, I think, I mean, I still only have that four, just because I think the other three teams that would be you know, maybe a game or two better, except for one. Milwaukee's going to be the best team, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think, I think Philly can be a top four team and a bitch to beat in the playoffs. If, if they get the top four regular season, it means they figure something out, like I said, with Brooklyn. And they are not going to be fun to play in the postseason. I think Doc is such an ego whisperer. I don't care what you thought of the, the culture and how toxic it might have been in L.A. He still got those guys to play at a very high level on a nightly basis. They were rolling before the pandemic. And how, many, eight of nine. Yeah. And how many different egos were on that team? Yeah, like, right. he can get anybody, no matter the circumstances, to put all the bullshit outside of basketball aside and play hoops. And Ben Simmons and Joel, I think they both got a lot of BS going on, and I think they both have a really strong ego that think they're better than the team at times. Last question for me on uh, the Sixers. Do you think they have right now, if everybody reached their full potential and they're healthy, do you think they can win it? Because I'm not sold on that yet. Well, it's, you know, you're, you're asking to make a leap of faith to say yes. And so, Most sure. projections, yeah. They could make – they could, you know, Ben Simmons – can get to 24, 25 a game, which he definitely could do, which means yeah, he's being, being more selfish than what he's been. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's possible. And then I think Roosh's point, I was going to say about Dwight Howard, like Dwight was a, a really important player for the Lakers regular season. And that was a big part of, the, of their identity. I thought Dwight lost his mind a little bit in the postseason <laughs> and then didn't play, and that was a bad combination for him. But he was a, he was a son of a bitch in the regular season. He and JaVale were killing people at the five as a combination. And so now if you're playing the Sixers and Joel goes out of the game and you got to deal with that athletic beast, that is just – and no center wants to play the Sixers. There's no one they want to play less. There's no team center that wants to play a team less than they want to play the Sixers because of that combination of Howard and, and MB. Sure. So also, there's value to that. Um, I was going to say before I go with my number four, last thing I'll say about the Sixers, three things. Um, number one, I think that Maury, I think a Maury constructed team is going to run into a very familiar issue, and that is lack of uh, tertiary playmaking. Right? They're not going to have a third guy that can that can create reliably, or Maxie, not that they maybe. won't, not that they won't, but that person is currently in question and, and right, needs right. to be, needs right. to be um, Number two, 
you, you mentioned Ben Simmons getting to 24-25 a game. I think he's capable of it, but I do want to point out if he was to hit 24 a game, theoretically, that would be a 50% increase in his production, right, of his current production. He'd be, he scores 16-17 a game. He'd yeah. be almost, you know, 150%, whatever the math is, which is unlikely. So I, don't, I, I do not think he's going to hit that level at least this season. And then third, a positive for them in terms of culture and all that stuff we were talking about. Not only do they have the ego whisperer with Doc, but you also have Daryl Morey. Um, like I said, Daryl Morey is the kind of guy, I mean, I loved him in Houston. He did a lot of this in Houston. He's going to pump up his star players publicly, repeatedly, and they're going to kind of probably catch some, some chemistry uh, in terms of how they interact, especially on social media. Whew. I don't know about you, but I need a break after that scintillating discussion about the Eastern Conference. Do you like ball? Do you like to live? Well, guess what? You're in the right place here because this episode and podcast are brought to you by Ball Is Life and Dash Radio. Okay, let's get back to it as Noble and Rouge continue to break down their predictions for the Eastern Conference with David Thorpe. And like I said, I originally had this team lower, but I'm now going to give – I elevated them after rethinking. It's With Brooklyn. our knowledge, David, of course. With our not, it's Brooklyn. Our uh, I, have, I have the Nets at four. <laughs> I think that their top end, like their high end potential is obviously a title team. My questions, like we've discussed, are going to be defense, health, coaching, and managing those egos. Um, I, have no, I have no questions about them being able to score the ball, but I think they're going to be the kind of team that can get a big lead look really good and then that lead will subsequently evaporate with swiftness um you know it was only one preseason game and who knows like how telling that game was but they kind of did the same thing they were thumping Washington um and then Washington kind of came made a comeback and they made a comeback when the actual rotation was was in so you know I I think they're going to be like an up and down team they're going to impress they'll be fun but I think they have some issues and the teams that I have above them have more continuity um, and chemistry that I think will ultimately kind of win them out in the regular season. Who's your player? I mean, this is an obvious pick, but just because he's coming, right. just because he's coming back from a devastating injury. I mean, it's Kevin Durant. I think I do yeah. have concerns That's about right. his body, but like David mentioned, because tall guys with foot injuries never end well. But he's so light, and he's got such such a nice touch that I think he's going to be able to maybe, hopefully, hopefully avoid some of those issues because I want to see him play. But we'll see. One last note on Philly. It was just wild to me that they were number nine in the league last year in three-point percentage when most people didn't think they were a very good three-point shooting team. Yeah, they were like 14 in makes, but, I mean, they could definitely be top five in three-point shooting this year, and that would be do wonders. Just would love to see Ben shoot one or two a game, maybe, ever. So my number four, uh, me and Roosh for the third time in this short stint here, we're matching up at Brooklyn Nets here. Uh, David, earlier, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I, the one thing I always preach is sometimes we make the NBA a little more complicated than it really is. Talent prevails. I get if people have concerns about Katie's injuries, and that's why they're number four for me. Um, I can, I'm just as concerned about Kyrie's health as KD because he always has something popping up and I don't know how well he takes care (laughs) of his body and it's usually a choice. He's such a wildflower. Uh, but I just think they're the deepest team 
in the entire league from top to bottom, whether it's top end talent, but all the way through, I'm a huge Levert, Dinwiddie, Allen guy. Jared Allen's so unbelievably valuable. I just don't know with the love that Katie and Kyrie have for DeAndre Jordan. I don't know how that whole relationship with Jared Allen's going to come into play, even though Jared Allen's so much better than Jordan at this point in Jordan's career. It's going to be interesting there. But um, I think Landry Shaman acquisition was huge. Nick Claxton, super valuable. I mean, the depth goes on and on with this team. Uh, but I just think they're, I mean, when Katie's out and he's going to miss a lot of games, they're, they're going to have enough depth. And that coaching staff is an all-star squad. They're going to be able to scheme and come up with all these different things to utilize this bench. It's going to be, I'll be shocked if they're not the best bench in the league. I really will be, uh, but I could very well be wrong on well, that. Well, I mean, so. their bench was, you know, a, technically a lower seed playoff team, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Not, not, not their entire bench, but the important right. pieces. So then you add Katie and Kyrie. I mean, on paper, it's like, wow. But, yeah, we just got to see how some of those things, you know, fit. And like I said, the three teams I have above them, and I think that you guys have a couple of them, have just more chemistry and continuity, which I think will give them an edge. But just get, Bruce yeah. Brown, Jeff Green, Joe Harris, the names, TL, uh, TLC, no, he's in, no, TLC's on Brooklyn this year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah he was, your guy, TLC. your guy is going to be the 10th yeah. man dropping 15 a game. But <laughs> hey, but hey, we know, we know that depth in the playoffs, I mean, I don't want to say it's overrated, but you know, when you slim rotations down, like I think a guy like Tell Jeff Tell Toronto Green, that. But I we're mean, not talking about playoffs here. So right. we're not your season right. tighter schedule. One hundred percent. We're not yeah, talking playoffs. I don't. Playoff. I don't think Brooklyn is the deepest team. I, my number three team, I think, is the deepest one through right. ten in the league, and that's so, the Raptors. Okay. Before you get oh, into them, my yeah. player though, yeah. um, I oh, think yeah. Land, Landry Shamit. I Damn think it, he's yeah. my guy on the team. Um, that's going to take a jump, just career wise. I think he's going to play a little better defense, but I think he's going to have the best shooting career. Last note about the Nets is to look out for the annual Jeff Green waving. We'll see if that happens. or. If oh, I hope not. <laughs> he deserves a, a chance at a ring. And this is – I'm not saying they're going to win, but it's a good chance. You All think right, the Nets go. have a good chance to win? I think they do. If they're health, It all comes down to health. And I've, I'm the most skeptical. That's why Philly and Brooklyn aren't cracking my top three. And right. that's why I'm not picking them either right now. Right. No, I get it. I get it. So, Number yeah, three, I've got – I think the Raptors are the deepest team, one through ten. Uh, I'm really glad Zach mentioned Malachi Flynn earlier. Uh, I, I call him Malachi Van Vliet because mm. they they fleeced the league again with uh, my buddy Masai with that draft pick. He's he's terrific, guys. He's really fun, really fucking good, and uh, and they don't need him all that much. Uh, I think that I mean your points on Gasol and Serge. Of course, you're right. And Baines isn't Gasol defensively. He's better than Gasol maybe offensively. Last year, Gasol was awful offensively, almost unplayably bad. Uh, but defensively, he was very good. But I'll remind you of something. Um, Zach Lowe, on one of his pod, a couple of the podcasts last year, my buddy Zach talked about how when he was trying to pick one Raptors player, because they were like, I think, top two in the league in defense for his all-league defensive team, and he was calling scouts and executives around the league to see which Raptors player was their best defender. Like, all five starters got votes. Like, they all wow. fucking guard. All yeah, of them guard, sure. okay? Gasol probably deserved it. So my point is, with Baines coming in, 
they can circumvent that with all the other guys they have. And then uh, uh, I think Roosh mentioned OG Ananobi. Yes, absolutely. He's got a lot of upside to fill. Norman Powell is good. He's already a good player. Uh, uh, I think Boucher is really important. In fact, that's to me is uh, why I kind of push them up is uh, uh, he's got a funky looking three. He's a rim protector. He's athletic. And then I love Terrence Davis. Love him. He's super athletic. He's a very good shooter. Uh, he's just getting started. Uh, I think he turned 23 when the season ended before the pandemic started. Uh, I think he turned 23 in May, so he's 22 all year. Uh, he's going to come in off the bench. Their third string center, Alex Len, is good. He, he doesn't have to play a he lot. He the three, but, too. Yeah, but he, he can play. And, and so they've got some depth at that position. Uh, and then, to me, the X factor is... Matt Town. Uh, I, I have, uh, I mean, Ananobi, Davis, Boucher. I don't know which one's going to have the breakout year. All three. I, love, I like Davis the most. But Siakam can still grow as a player. And to oh, think yeah. that he's done growing belies the evidence that we've seen, which is he keeps getting better. He's got to make more mid-range shots because he can get them now. Uh, I, thought, I think people are affected by what he, how he failed in the bubble and neglect to understand how fucked up that situation was. Thank it's you. just a hard place for some guys to really find themselves, and he couldn't. But he was a bitch all year. And uh, I think that he's got another level to reach. Lowry, I'm not betting against Kyle Lowry. And uh, he's still such a brilliant thinker of the game. And impact he wins, and I agree with Zach. I think, I think Nurse might be the best coach in the league. It's close. Like, he's in the conversation of three or four guys. Uh, they, they figured it out. The Raptors know how to develop their guys, and that depth is going to help them all year. And the last thing I'll say is they're playing 25 minutes away from me, okay, in Tampa. And I'm in Clearwater. So, it's, it's, I mean, today it was 74 degrees. It rained, but it was 77 degrees. We're going we're gonna to be in the 60s for two days, and then we're right back up to probably 70s again. Uh, it's, it's your body does better in the warmth all the time. I'm telling you, I've had players stay for years. They wish they were in warm weather comments all the time. Those guys are going to be in sun. It, they'll be wearing shorts on Christmas day and new year's. Uh, Terrence Davis, how good do you think he can get? And I, I need to know, cause he seemed incredibly high on him. I do good. love your Pascal Siakam affinity. Cause I've been getting roasted for far too long that I think Pascal can still become a top seven player in the league. I think he can be that good. I, I'm as high on Siakam as anybody, but how good do you think both those guys can get? I mean, well, I mean, Siakam already is an all-star. He, he can get better. He can shoot better. From the, but to me, to me, what separates the best players from everyone else is their ability to make the, the, uh, the tough two. Uh, those true shot makers who can score efficiently, either get fouled or make the mid-range jumper. Siakam still has a ways to go on both, getting fouled and making the shot. But, he, but I think he can get there. And defensively, he can be a monster. And Davis, yeah, for, for what they need, given Lowry and Van Vliet at the, in the backcourt, uh, he can be a, a real energetic scorer off the bench. He's just so athletic. And he's, I think, 39% last year from three. Yeah. Uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of room for him to grow. David, I, I want to ask real quick because I want to pull yeah. this clip. Um, Rockets Twitter, you know, I am very present on Rockets Twitter. And for the last three, four years, there's been a debate about mid-range and analytics and stuff like that you just said that the greatest scores have the ability to be efficient from mid-range why do you think that is why do you think that contributes to the greatest scores and like what makes them what they are yeah so well there's why they can do it is separate from why it's so important so basically 
The, in the NBA, every possession literally has an, uh, an automatic ending by definition. Every possession has to end in 24 seconds, okay? So you can't just work them all around, right? And so as the clock winds down, the teams that have the guy that can score the most, most productively and most efficiently as those possessions are winding down have an enormous advantage over the teams that can't, okay? They don't have that. And so either you have to be able to make those shots because you can't get the best shot. You've got to make the most of the shot you get or you have to get fouled. This is where Harden's genius is, right? Uh, if you can do both, you're one of the best players in the world. This is Durant. This is Kawhi. This is Curry. You know the guys, right? And Siakam isn't that guy because he can't, he's not good enough in, in, in his twos or to get fouled. And so I don't know that he'll ever get to that level. He doesn't have to with all the talent they have. He just has to continue to get better and make more of those shots. And that'll tweak their offense up even more. They'll drop a little bit with losing a saw unless Boucher can really make amends uh, defensively, uh, you know, fill, fill that gap to some degree. But they have so many other defenders. I think they'll still compete for top five on D and while they improve a little bit on offense. And remember, Van Vliet can get better too, right? They're, you know, and Anunobi and Norman Powell, they have a lot of guys that can get better. Who do you think is the better defender between Siakam and Tatum right now? Oh, it's super close. Yeah, yeah I think so. What Tatum did was amazing. Like, amazing on both ends. That's, not, that's why Tatum, going back to your, your question about uh, late possession scoring, that, that's where you take – you don't take the contested two with 12 on the clock. You, well, you can take that, but then you should go to the bench, okay, unless you're one of the best players in the world. So Tatum was doing that to, to Boston's chagrin. And then last year, he wasn't. And when he did, he made it. Perfect. Like all, and why? Because he, could suddenly got a, he suddenly got a handle. Like all of a sudden, Jason Tatum had a slick handle. He didn't before that at all. And right. so when you have that factored in with his size and ability to make shots over you, well, then you become one of the best players in the world, which is what happened to him. And then he started guarding. And I love that. I love that he didn't just improve his offense last year. That's rare for a young guy to, to improve both ends of the court like he did. Yeah, um, um, and, but Siakam has done that as well. So it's close. I, I don't know who's better. It's close. Yeah. I think Siakam needs to work with Drew Hanlon, just like Tatum did. I think he had that magical touch. Yeah. yeah There's I a mean, lot of guys that know what they're doing on that. I'm super high on Jason Tatum. I have him as the next, the next you know, coming with Luka, basically. Um, kind of in that, in that realm. So my number three um, is Miami. I have Miami third. So – I think that Miami is going to be good. I mean, for obvious reasons, right? They made the finals when they really were not expected to. I think Bam, Bam is my guy for Miami. I think Bam is, is going to take a huge leap. Another one. Another uh, one. Another one. I think Bam is going to take a huge leap. And it, I had Tyler Harrow, but I switched. Um, but it could be Tyler Harrow as well. You know, played lights out as a rookie, only has room to grow. So I think Avery Bradley is going to be a huge signing for them. Um, he kind of fits into what, what they do, you know, hard-nosed yep. defense, athletic guard. Yep. He's he versatile, can do different things. The reason I have them third and not higher is I think there is some degree of, you know, Miami catching lightning in a bottle in the bubble. I think that they might be susceptible to, I don't know, the fact that they were better in the bubble than they otherwise would be. But Drogic hopefully should be healthy. Obviously, Jimmy Butler is the leader of that team. Like I said, Bam should get better. Um, oh, and then the other thing, I think Jay Crowder had a huge impact for that team in the context of their playoff run, and he's gone. Um, 
it's kind of funny because I'm not really high on Jay Crowder generally, but I, I really think that he gave that team kind of a, a six seven six eight guard in addition to Jimmy Butler and Bam that was kind of the X factor defensively and just in terms of hustle and energy. Um, but for other reasons that we've talked about, I mean, defense and culture, you know, they have that kind of built in already. So that's why I have them so high. And I guess I'll go on the record and say that my logic for some of these pickings does not match with why I have Toronto sixth. And I'm starting to regret that, but that's my number three. (laughs) (laughs) That's my number three. Um, Zach, what do you think? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Where would you put Toronto? I mean, where's the regrets? Uh, Where where do you, where do you want to move? I I mean, I mean, for the same, for the same reasons, before I sat down to look at everything and really do research. And it's kind of funny because like sometimes your gut, obviously, you know, will go better than, I don't know, when you overthink it. But when I first, before I sat down, I had Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, um, and Toronto as like top four in the East with Philly as kind of lingering at five and then Brooklyn being the outsider team, you know, because I would make some predictions on Twitter that that Brooklyn is going to, is not going to be all that. And James Harden may lose his interest in that trade. So I would swap them with Brooklyn. Um, I had Brooklyn four. So I think I would put Toronto at four, but I really think that two through four, even one through four, mostly two through four, I think they're interchangeable. They all have the same principles, you know, the same types of strengths, relatively speaking. Um, And it's just going to be a matter of, you know, health really. But yeah, that's my number three. Before I give my three, where do you think Bam's getting better? Because I I see him getting better too, but. I just think he's going to be more. I just think he's going to be more aggressive, right? I think he was at like 17 and 12. So I think he's just going to kind of take that leap, take that leap, um, you know, to more possessions and just being more aggressive. Um, I don't think he's going to start shooting threes or anything like that. But did but you I see just, him shoot long? Did you see him shoot twos the other day? Yeah, threes are coming. Yeah, it looks beautiful. He's it ready for it. Oh, it wow. looked okay. really nice, yeah. Well, there you he's go. He's no Simmons. He threw up 14 last year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His shot looks good. How many of those 14 you think he made? Uh, one. Two, like Two. right on, right on cue. Yeah, I knew it wasn't much. So my number three, I'm with David. I know Roosh wants to be like us, but uh, Toronto <laughs> Raptors. Can't, I can't get spurned by these guys again. I mean, I just, I thought last year they were going to take a little bit of a dip. Me but I mean, Nick Nurse, after last year, what he did, um, the dude can make the best out of any situation. He's one of three or four coaches in the league that I think that can develop just about anybody. Matt Thomas coming out of nowhere. He's going to be huge for him. You named it Terrence Davis. And just your belief in Terrence Davis gets me excited too, that for the depth of this team. And oh, watch him on Synergy and have fun. All right. He's fine, Definitely dive into that yeah. then. Look, uh, I, I was going to say the, my basic, very simplistic underlying reason for having Toronto so low was that generally speaking in the NBA, at least in my estimation, when you have a team that's been rocking and rolling and then they lose some of those pieces and they kind of try to plug and play with some lesser pieces and also hope for some of their young talent to take that next step, that combination usually results in like a, a step down. Usually it's a slight, a slight step down. But I think other teams in the East got better in like Philly and potentially Brooklyn. And so that's why I put them at six. But like I said, I'm starting to regret that. But yeah, that, that's. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, the more I dive into it, I just think they just squeeze the very last bit of Marcus Gasol's prime or peak out of them. And it was just perfect timing. It all lined up for well, him. So well, front court playmaking is extremely important. Like Gasol. Oh, it's huge. 
Yeah, like, Baines has it. Baines just uh, Baines came he, out of the scene. I mean, Baines was hot, and then he cooled off a little bit. He, he ended You're up right, seeing he like thirty five percent. I think eleven and twelve. With, I think eleven with and twelve. With Aiden being like, out, he cooled off. Yeah, but I mean, it's just his numbers went down. His game was still there. They have to. They just have to replace Gasol in the aggregate. They've got three right. guys. They've got three guys. They don't have to play all of them. They can go small. But if they if they play all five, all three of their center, they just got they get a forty eight minute small three, and and they'll suffer defensively for sure a little bit. They might. They should be able to do better than Gasol did offensively. And then the, then they got to. You know, other guys have to do better overall. I'm also not high on Alex Len, but maybe that's just me. Not, um, not high on who? Alex Len, yeah. His yeah, three ball. His He's three a nice third guy. Right. He's a nice third guy. Yeah, nine tenth man. If you can have that as your nine tenth man, twelfth man even. He, he can, I'm telling you, right. he's good enough to hold down the fort if he's got to be one of your top two bigs. For sure, and you need to have depth in the COVID year. So, my guy, um, Roosh said it. Um, I forgot who you – David, who's your guy for Toronto? I, I mean, I, I like Davis. Davis. I don't yeah, know. Be Boucher, I like them all. But I, I, right. Davis, I think, is the most intriguing one. So, OG is my guy. I just think he's not only as a player, but just the statistical jump's going to be there. I think the only guy that can really – compete i mean terrence davis definitely is going to be up there but um i just keep believing in siakam until he proves me wrong here uh because he's one of like i don't know four guys that have made historical leaps year after year and it just keeps coming the yeah. Kawhi, um jimmy butler type leaps uh, year over year but yeah i, I think they're gonna be this is gonna be kyle lowry's last year before he declines i, I yeah. truly believe he's got one more great year in him so number two david what do you got? I mean, I mean, I think it's you guys can figure out this point. It's yeah. I'm not picking, you know, uh, uh, the New York Knicks, uh, the, the Heat, Orlando have, Magic. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, that's who I think should trade for James Harden. By the way, I wrote I wrote that last you week. You really there's want a, him in hell, huh? Yeah, there's a trade. I mean, <laughs> there's a trade that I think uh, Houston's not going to get any better. I think than what I propose. We'll see. I wrote it last week. We can talk about it later, but. Steve Francis, um, get your ass to Orlando. <laughs> I, le- I, le- I like uh, – I think your points were good about, you know, they, they're the kind of team that does do really well, as we talked about this in the bubble. And this is a different kind of bubble this year, not really a bubble at all to begin with anyway. But I also just like the upside of their young players. So you've got a nice combination of ascending players, really maybe only Drogic descending considerably, if, if he even does that. He seems to be defying the odds. And then, of course, Jimmy Butler found a stride last year, found a home. We know he found a home. Uh, and I think Spolstra is right there with Nick Nurse and a few others that are uh, the elite coaches in the game. Uh, the French, they, they have an identity. I'm a real big believer in having an identity. I thought in June when I picked the Lakers to win, it was, it was because of our dynamic duo, and I thought they knew who they were. And they didn't have to refine themselves like some other teams did. The Heat knew who they were. The Clippers weren't sure. The Lakers knew who they were, and we saw who played in the finals. Um, Miami knows who they are. Uh, they've got a number of guys that can still get much, much better. I happen to like Kendrick Nunn a ton. Hero, terrific. Duncan Robinson was an amazing shooting guard last year, let's face it. Uh, I, I learned from him. I started doing what I call Duncan Robinson drills, where we're, I have my NBA guys shooting 28-foot threes coming up double screens. Like, I stopped doing I didn't do that. We did it for twos years ago, and then no one started running that stuff for two anymore, really. And then unless you're J.J. Redick or Marco Bellinelli or Kyle Korver, you weren't allowed to do it. Well, Duncan's given everyone permission to do it. 
So I, and my guys can make it. The guys I was training can make that shot more so than I expected. So I give Duncan great credit for that. And that's a threat. Uh, he's got gravity because of that. And uh, none is a better pick and roll player than people realize. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's dynamic with the ball. He's, he's, and he's different. He's so fast and quick compared to almost all of their players that that contrast really works for them because defenders just are shocked when they're guarding hero, they're guarding Duncan, they're guarding Garan. All of a sudden here comes another gear. That's a challenge for a de- defense. And then of course it changes when you go back to one of the guarding the other guys. So all that combination, uh, I'm, a, I'm a little worried about their, their bench in the, their front court. Myers Leonard, you know, we started all last year, so that's good to bring him off the bench. I see. He's got your Miami uh, jersey on. Olenek, Myers Leonard Miami. Olenek is good. <laughs> right. Olenek is good. He's a good player. I think losing Jones makes a difference. Really? Uh, I think Mo Harkless adds a lot that they, that they lost with Crowder. Right? I think that makes a difference. I, I think he's going to be better than people realize. I understand your point on Harkless, but I mean on, uh, on Crowder. But um, they, they just need to tread water because those young guys are all going to get better. Like, Duncan is probably going to get better. He's played one year of NBA ball. Hero's going to get better. None should get better. Adebayo should get better. All of those guys lifting and no one really dropping uh, for a good top five in the East or so, to top six in the East, I think they can stay just a little bit ahead. Love it. I so think- not- None's your guy, though? Uh, I mean, I, none or hero. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not good at picking that kind of stuff. One, one of those two is going to likely have – I mean, no one may break out. They're just going to do better. Um, I was going to say the, uh, that Mo Hartlett – Jay Crowder really fed into that identity that Miami had. I don't know if Mo Harkless – like, I think he's going to be kind of that example of trying to, you know, restore something that you lost except doing it at like a – like a 50% clip, kind of like when the Rockets lost Trevor Ariza and they thought, hey, James Ennis can play that role. And that just wasn't the case. Drastic example, but we'll see. No, I, I understand think, your point. I get your point. I, yeah. I think Mo Harkless will, will be okay. Um, I will say Duncan Robinson, I didn't mention him. Duncan Robinson is one of the prettiest shooters I've seen since, I guess, Steph and Clay like burst on the scene. His stroke is amazing. Yeah. Um, don't give Eric Gordon any ideas with that drill, please. Uh, if if you ever come across <laughs> Eric Gordon, I don't need I don't need him shooting twenty eight footers off double screens. But yeah, uh, so that's your number two. Yeah, is that right? Okay. Yeah. So my number two, um, and this should tell you how high I am on Jason Boston. Tatum. Yeah, Boston. Boston. Yes, my, my number two is is Boston. So I must I think they can coast even without Kemba. Um, I just think what they've been like a top ten defense for at least the last four seasons. I think, and Jason Tatum I think is that good. And defensively, I think that they're that good. They're gonna they're gonna miss Wanamaker, definitely. Um, and if Kemba's so. hurt, I mean, it, we'll we'll see. If Kemba's healthy, then I think Jeff Teague's gonna be great off the bench. If Kemba's kind of I hate out, Teague too. I'm a, I mean, th- but they have such an, a culture and identity. I just think Brad. I, I don't hate many in. players, but Jeff. Teague, oh, because because you're from Minnesota. Yeah, well, and I we chose him over George Hill and Ricky Rubio and a few others, and I cried for an entire year. Of, Paying that guy twenty million a year and just still makes me want to throw it. Well, <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. But no, I, I just think that <laughs> I think Jason Tatum is really that good. I think Jalen Brown is that good. I think Tristan Thompson, in addition to Daniel Tice, pretty much like you know they they really it felt like they only had Daniel Tice that could competently and trustworthy or competently play the five in a trustworthy and reliable way. I think Tristan Thompson gives them that. Um, I don't really think they're going to miss Gordon Hayward. Maybe I'm wrong about that. He always kind of felt like an awkward fit once 
once we figured out how good Jason Tatum was. So yeah, I, I think culture wise, you know, everything is in place. I think defensively they'll be solid. And for that specific reason, and, and also again, I think Jason Tatum's that good that they'll be the two seed. So we'll see. Uh, my guy, if it wasn't obvious by now is Jason Tatum. So I think he, takes I think he could year. average, he could average 30 this year without Gordon and come. I, I, I think he's top five in MVP. Love it. Uh, he probably is for me too. I haven't necessarily narrowed it down, but um, yeah, I really hope they go away from Jeff Teague and give the ball to Jason Tatum. Peyton Pritchard, I love. I think Peyton's going to be ready, kind of like a Malachi Flynn role, but I will never, never overestimate um, what somebody's doing in preseason like Peyton Pritchard the other night. So not going to jump the gun on that just yet. But uh, my number two is also the Miami. The guy you didn't mention, David, is Precious. Precious, I think, is going to make up for Jay Crowder. Um, in a lot of ways that I think just those scrappy rebounds, um, guarding a lot of fours and fives, um, smaller guys um, that Crowder did. Um, I hope they don't have to play Harkless much, but I think he's just going to, I mean, he's the perfect fit for him next to Bam, next to Jimmy Butler. I think he fits seamlessly into that lineup. And the one question I had for you guys is, Miami, this team, this culture, this this fit, this cohesive unit, I think they're the best cohesive unit since blank. And I have a team in mind chemistry-wise and the way they play together for not having a top five, top seven-ish player. Um, give me that team that comes to mind that, that connected and gelled like the Miami Heat did last year and you expect them to this year. Um, that, that didn't have a top five player? Like, the, in other words, the Raptors had Kawhi? Right. Yeah, the Pacers have had a number of teams that that absolutely that were as good though. Yeah, no, no, they weren't as good as okay. that. But they 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 gelled as good as they they got the most out of what they could do. Are you talking the Paul George Pacers? Yeah, and then the Celtics the year they they made the uh, conference finals when Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were a combined forty or something years old. Right, like you and- know that was pretty amazing when Kyrie didn't play. Uh, it's hard to do. Yeah, what Miami did is great, but I will say uh, I'm not counting on any rookie. Now, you give me a three-month pandemic break and then Tyler no, Hero, think, but Precious. I don't think they need him. I just don't think they're going to miss Jay Crowder as much as um, Roosh is making it out to seem. Um, I think they just, the depth again, um, I think they'll, they'll figure it out. But I think for what they need to make up for um, defensively, I think he looked, Precious. He looked good in his first, rookie, in his first game in the preseason, but he, he looked better. I liked him. I liked him in the draft. Yeah, I studied him in the draft, but um, but, but also Avery Bradley and even Chris Silva, yeah. I think, might even help a little bit. There. I like Silva. I like Bradley a lot. Roosh said that I do. It's amazing Lakers won without Bradley. Like yeah, that yeah, really. yeah, yeah. As a Rocket fan, I went into the series really thankful that Avery Bradley was not playing, and it, it ended up not not mattering. But I, I was, so, you know, I thought he was a huge piece to what they did, and the fact that I they had still the Lakers, won. I had the Lakers in five in that series. I'm sorry to tell you. Well, of course, I nailed it. I did not I'm, think it was a competitive series. I, I wanted it to be for those of you else to watch. I well, wanted to hey, many games. But let's keep it real, though. Uh, each of the Russell's first three injured. games, each of the first three, oh, games, yeah. three each of the even beyond that, each of the first three games going into the fourth quarter, Houston either led or it was tied. Yeah, absolutely. And then, they melted down. And then once Daniel House did what he did and got a little, yeah. little too horny, um, <laughs> you know. Like, everything unraveled after that. And if we're talking Mike D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni refused to dig deeper into his bench for whatever godforsaken reason. He never does. Anyways, but let's – Ben McElmore would have been huge, but – But let's um, not relive that. 
Tyler Hero is my guy. I just want to get that yeah. out there. I think yeah. he's going to all around just he's going to improve everywhere even defensively he's going to become more valuable there he's really but, good Roosh do you have a team that you kind of compare this Miami team to not it's not like a direct comparison but the first team that popped into my head when you're going for like a, a culture fit that on paper seems to get more out of what you'd Sharing expect the ball right um I don't know first team that pops in my head man is those mid to late 90s jazz uh, oh, that was John, way back. There we go. John, John Stockton, Horn. But those, sack, are, like, those guys are all-time players there. I mean, I mean Stockton and Malone. Like, like you so wouldn't know Jeff Horn a second. You wouldn't know Jeff Horn a second. So, for me, it was the Atlanta Hawks in like 2015-ish. Um, that team, but also the 2014 Spurs with Kawhi winning finals MVP because Duncan I mean, was like a top 20 guy, though. At that time, Duncan wasn't sniffing the top ten. Kawhi wasn't even top twenty then. No, um, they still they, had they still had Duncan, was, Parker, Ginobili, Pop. Right, Andrew that was Pop. some of the most beautiful basketball ever. It was, but, it was, of course. But like, I mean, I feel like, like Jimmy elite. Butler would it was better than any of those guys. They were the one seed though. Like Butler oh, they, was like they the were, and they had and they had made it the finals the year before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking exactly. how pretty of basketball they was. Almost, they almost repeated as champs. If right. Ray Allen hit that three, they might have repeated, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, no, seriously. That's what, that's what culture and playing well, is. Well, if we're talking that type of team, because I was going to say the Hawks, oh, but they got – I, I was going to say the Hawks, but they got swept in the conference finals. So yeah, I feel they like, didn't even have a if, top 20 player if, on that Hawks but, team. Well, no, they had Horford, but, it, uh, but if we're talking – Top 30. Team, like, if we're talking teams like that, don't forget the 2007 Warriors, man. Uh, that upset the oh. Mavericks that like it's a different type of culture but like they yeah. caught lightning in a bottle and yeah. that, that shit was so much fun um all right number one we're all got Milwaukee love it that just that worked out perfectly I've so, got I've got them go just so you know between my number two Miami and my number six Brooklyn there's only four wins between them mm. 27 wins I for agree. Miami over the first 37 38 games Miami's I've got it 20 seven wins, and I've got Brooklyn at 23. So it's super tight, right? One injury over 10 days, and you could go from, you know, seven or from six to two. Uh, but number one, I've got, I've got Milwaukee going 31 and six their first 37 games. Uh, I think they're going to be terrific. Yeah, I think Drew's an amazing fit. He's an upgrade at that spot. I think Dante DiVincenzo gets better. Uh, he's just in year three. He's going to get better. Uh, Giannis. I, I never didn't think he was, wasn't going to sign because players can always demand a trade nowadays. Right. So why not get your money? Tell me about it, David. Yeah. Do whatever you want to do later. So uh, I think that there's uh, – and I think that they've got a, – a, they've been galvanized a little bit. Like two years ago they lost, yeah, and then the Raptors won the whole thing great. But, but, uh, but the way they lost last year, like that's – Ugly. That sits with you. That – that stays with you and didn't stay too long because they just, it just happened a few months ago. And so I think they came out last year, they ripped it. So maybe I'm stupid to have them at 31 and six, but I think they're so much better than most teams. They really know how to win the regular season and, Bud already rests his guys. Well, <laughs> I think, I think in this, I, I combine these cram schedule. I think he'll be really smart about it. And um, yeah, I just think they're going to murder everybody basically. Yeah, I think, I mean, for all the reasons you listed, and then in addition to that, I just think they're pretty deep, right? Like a couple years ago, they lost, I think, Malcolm Brogdon and kind of the same thing we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I felt like they never really replaced that the way that they needed to. 
And obviously now they have Drew Holiday. So they, they replace like a guard with defense and creation that can do multiple things. My guy is DiVincenzo. I think he's going to have a breakout year uh, relative to, you know, what his ceiling is. And then I think Bobby Portis yep. is, is a really good piece. Huge he's long, up. huge pickup. He can shoot. He's big. He's long. He's tough, right? He can be like that bruiser and kind of give them that identity. Obviously, DJ Augustine now. Um, I forget what their starting point guard rotation was what? Eric Bledsoe and George Hill? Yeah. And now it's. Now it's Drew, um, Drew Holiday and DJ Augustine. I think that's enough. DJ's good. Yeah, yeah, DJ's very good. I'm a, yeah. I'm a former Texas Longhorn. Nothing but love for DJ, uh, yeah. DJ Augustine. And then some pickups on the fringes, right? So guys like Torrey Craig, he can be versatile defensively. Um, and then Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes, man. He's, a, he's, got a heater. he's got a heater from three. I think he shot like 39% last season, 42% before that. So they're, they're deep. Uh, I think they address some, some concerns and, you know, I see no reason for them to not, to not make a comeback. They're, they're going to cruise. Yeah, they're going to cruise. Yeah. What do you think, Zach? So everybody says them and the Heat um, didn't really get much better. And I understand the Heat side of things. But if you just watch closely with Eric Bledsoe, the dumb decisions he makes and how inconsistent he was throughout the year, I just think going from him to Drew Holiday, just from an intelligent standpoint and just from – being able to score at the rim and just clutch situations, I think that's everything. And then um, I'm a big Bobby Portis guy. Uh, I think just upgrading talent-wise, I know the fits aren't perfect because you need more shooting around Giannis, but Chris Middleton is incredibly good in the playoffs. He's proven it year after year. So um, really it's just talent, getting talent around Giannis, and they definitely increase that. Um, This is the best team he'll ever have. Uh, at the end of the day, I think he's had teams good enough to win. It just comes down to him being able to perform in the playoffs and being a little more dynamic. So, yeah, I think no excuses. I've never had it for Giannis, but it's a process, you know. He's still young enough where I'm not, like, bagging on him too hard. Like, he's he's going to get there, and I think he wins in Milwaukee at some point. Just injuries are going to – he's been healthy in the way, bud – paces the the seasons out in the regular season so I see no reason why they won't finish number one as long as they're healthy and uh Drew Holiday's my guy I think he's going to shoot the best um of his career from three I I really think he's going to take a leap just with the spacing and what Giannis is going to do for him I think he's just going to get wide open looks like no other um took way too many contested shots in New Orleans being uh one of the lead guys there so uh, yeah, I, I like this team, and it fits Bud well. So, yeah, I'm excited to see it play out, but it should be a great one. Closing thoughts, uh, looking back on this, David, any teams that we didn't mention you think could make a run at the playoffs? Outside of looking in, who is tough to leave off here? Uh, there was no one really tough to leave off. I, I think the Wizards, you know, they have a fighting shot. Uh, uh, for sure, they do. I, I don't think anyone else does. Um, uh, the question's going to be, can anyone really get, get, give Milwaukee a run? I, I feel like, well, you guys just said the same thing I did. They're, they're going to be, they, they, were, they were competing last year almost for Warriors numbers until a late season, yep. late season pre-pandemic losing streak. It just didn't matter. They could have lost a bunch of games in a row and still made the playoffs probably to the good seed. I think it's going to be very similar again this year. They're, they're the class of the league, by, of the East, by far. And uh, I think, and Giannis, I hope he shoots a ton of threes. Just keep shooting them, buddy. Keep shooting them. 
Uh, you don't need them all to win these games, but if you want to make them in the playoffs, you got to start shooting them now. Right. And, uh, and make people have to guard you. Then they can't, then they're unguardable. And they'll be the best defensive team again. You got you to gotta get that form corrected. Um, the, it's the, the hardest form to fix. Uh, it, is it because his arms are so long? Yeah. That's, that's what well, I- arms, hand. I'm going to write an article about this, actually. Arms, hand, fingers. Like, it's, it's a lot of moving parts with lots of space to get right. So, yes. And I just don't think he repped. You know, I have friends who played golf growing up, and they, they'll never forget how to play golf. I didn't. I had to teach myself how to play. It was much harder. Mm, yeah. uh, if, if you're shooting your whole life, it's just easier to do. You've yep. just always done it. And so it's got yeah, some work in progress for him. But they've got the team to do it. Let him, let him shoot as many threes as he wants now, and he'll be there come playoff time. And I'm not saying they're going to win a championship. I have to make that prediction now. But, yeah, I just think it's going to be tough for him to stay with them. People never yeah. realize how many threes Giannis actually shoots throughout his career. I mean – I think he took five a game last year, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. 44 to 109 to 180, dipped to 140, 203, and then last year, 293. Yeah. Well, I would, the only thing I'd add to that is that uh, Orlando could maybe, maybe finish, you know, above 500. I think those teams towards the bottom of the East will probably be a few games above 500, and Orlando might just kind of dink and dunk a few games enough to be in the mix. So we'll see. But other than that, David – Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really enjoyed. We, we had a long one. So thank you for spending all that time. Tremendous respect for your views on basketball, man. You know, used to argue with my TV when I'd see you. Um, so <laughs> we appreciate the time. Thank you so much. My pleasure, guys. Be safe. Really appreciate it. Take care, David. Likewise. Likewise.